0: You're not dressed. I've got no guts for merriment
1: this year. But it's Christmas.
0: There'll be more Christmases, more feasts, more glad tidings. You go, make merry. And tell me what you see.
1: The Arthurian legend is filled with all manner of tales describing knights in their quests for honor, facing grave threats and conquering powerful enemies, all at the risk of their own lives. But none is as introspective as the tale of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, whose A24 retelling turns an age-old chivalric romance into a vessel more striking to our modern sensibilities than any other tale of its kind that has graced the screen before one that depicts the contradictory laws of chivalry and regards of leading a life unto God. You do
0: smell like you've been at mass. What have you been drinking the sacrament all night?
1: I love you, my lord. The scene is set on Christmas Day. Sir Gawain sits among his uncle, King Arthur, as well as the other lords and ladies and knights of the court, gathered at the storied round table. Unannounced and uninvited, the mysterious figure known as the Green Knight enters Arthur's hall seeking a challenge, armed with a letter stating, O Greatest of Kings, Indulge Indulge me in this friendly friendly Christmas Christmas game. game. Let
0: whichever of your knights is boldest of blood and wildest of hearts step forth, take up arms, and try with honor to land a blow against me. Whomsoever nicks me, Shall lay claim to this, my arm. Its glory and riches shall be thine, but... Thy champ must bind himself to this. Should he land a blow, then one year and yuletide hence, he must seek me out yonder, to the green chapel, six nights to the north. He shall find me there and bend a knee and let me strike him in return. Be it a scratch on the check or a cut in the throat, I will return what was given to me, and then in trust and friendship we shall part. Who then, who is willing to engage with me?"
1: These words strike a chord in the hearts of the King's court, yet initially none accepts the call. Even Arthur, while strong-headed and moved to rise to the Green Knight's challenge, under some notion of honor or duty that defines his character to be sure, is unable to meet him physically in his waning old age. But it's within that hallowed hall of heroes that the young Gawain, a boy, not yet a full man, who seeks chivalry and by extension, knighthood, rises to the occasion, watching opportunity strike only to meet that opportunity with bravery unknowingly entering a blood-bound covenant not just with the Green Knight, but with God. You laid down your challenge. I accepted it. And accepted it still. It's in short order that Gawain learns the integral truth about what it means to be a knight. The role of the knight extends outside the bounds of simply fighting monsters or using a sword. In effect, it is truly a vocation concerned with oaths and the nature of keeping one's word, of upholding a certain level of honor and virtue that other unsanctified men are unable to attain. The extent of Gawain's ability to live under this creed is tested at length throughout his journey, from the battlefield littered with the thousands slain, to the abandoned cottage at a nearby spring he later seeks refuge, to the castle in the company of a noble lord and lady. Each trial tests his ability to uphold the laws of chivalry, which in Gawain's present moment feel both gruesome and tiresome, but also almost nonsensical, truly all for naught. He suffers a betrayal at the hands of a stranger he attempts to help. He aids the ghost of a young woman, Winifred, who disappears shortly after. He is seduced by the Lady of the Castle and breaks his oath to her lord, and he undergoes these struggles all while suffering from the mental anguish and the exhaustive physical turmoil of his impending meet with the face of death himself. It's not until he's in the presence of the Green Knight, his life in the hands of another far more powerful being, that he realizes something about the whole ordeal of chivalry and leading a mortal life. That it's futile. Have I no mercy,
0: no Abby.
1: What witchcraft is this? No witchcraft. In an attempt to live his life under the tenets of knighthood and keep the words of his oath true, Gawain finds himself more than anything afraid. Gawain is concerned deeply with his own mortality. It's the one thing that hamstrings his capacity for bravery. He guards the girdle which has been promised to protect him. He has sexual desires and is in love with a lady, a commoner. He clutches so readily to the fear of both known horrors and unknown horrors all the same, just like the rest of us. This concern makes it hard for him to be a brave knight, to be a brave man. Because brave men so often die. That's the great tragedy in becoming legendary. Gawain had accepted the Green Knight's challenge without fully understanding the long-term repercussions or even the nature of the foe he'd come to blows with, yet he's expected to uphold his end of the bargain all the same. As a year passed and his reputation grew, people had already began to sing his praises, sing his songs and etch his tale into stone, before the deed had truly come full circle. He had been so brave then, in that hall, accepting the call of duty in the presence of Arthur and all the knights unwilling to answer that call themselves. But now, at the mercy of the Green Knight, Gawain demonstrates a fear of death, a fear of the unknown that isn't cowardly, but distinctly human. A far cry from the Green Knight's own bravery which stems from an all-knowingness, understanding the extent of his own power, but also knowing the hearts of men. He isn't a knight, not truly, anyways, but a god. Unconcerned with the laws of mortality or true bravery which puts oneself at a risk. How can Gawain live up to this? Live up to the standard of a knight so far superior to himself?
0: Why is it green, do you think? The knight? Yes. Was he born that way? Perhaps it is the color of his blood when he blushes. But why green? Why not blue? Or red? Because he's not of this earth. The green is the color of earth, of living things, of life. And of rot. Yes. Yes. (laughs) We deck our halls with it and dye our linens. But should it come creeping up the cobbles, we scrub it out fast as we can. When it blooms beneath our skin, we bleed it out, and when we, together all, find that our reach has exceeded our grasp, we cut it down. We stamp it out, we spread ourselves atop it and smother it beneath our bellies, but a way to plot a conspire, pull it out by the roads one day, and the next there it is. Creeping in around the edges. Whilst we're off looking for red, here comes green."
1: In a lot of ways, the Green Knight is an allusion to faith tied to Christian symbolism within the Arthurian legend. The notion of death and rebirth, of attempting to lead a life modeled in the image of a savior, and then constantly failing to meet that standard due to no fault of your own, but due to simply being human. Gawain's own unassuredness and his ultimate desire to be a knight, to seek honor, to do what is asked of him, make parallels to faith as the currency to living a fully sanctified life. Not just faith in God or a king, faith in the tenets that define both your vocation and, by extension, your character. A faith that can often be bathed in contradiction. For how can one serve their liege lord with valor and honor if that same liege lord also fails to protect the weak and defenseless? How can one speak the truth at all times if that very truth spits in the face of authority or reveals that which is dishonorable concerning the oath-bearer themselves? In this world, to live as a king, or a knight, or a man, or a servant of God, is to live with this incongruity central to your human experience, inhabiting a body that fears the very notion of death, but a soul that somewhat welcomes it. After all, death comes for all, whether you lead a virtuous life or a sinful one. In Gawain's visions, kneeling before the Green Knight, he sees the fate that awaits him, ruling over a people that have grown to hate him, navigating the turmoil of complicated relationships and lovers, and ultimately a lonely, inescapable death. There is a tragedy to it all—an absurdity, really—and it's that absurdity Gawain is at the center of that makes him ask the Green Knight, is this really all there is?" To which the Green Knight replies. What else ought there be? It's not until one learns to let go of their mortal ties to this realm that one aspiring knight is truly made capable of reaching the next. Being a knight isn't virtuous or honorific. It's tragic. To be a knight is to allow yourself to succumb to treachery, to be destroyed in the pursuit of protecting others, to lead a life that ultimately chases death. A terrible burden that no soul should ever have to bear. But in the war-torn world of noble ladies and treacherous kings and swords with stories to tell, perhaps someone must. Mind Theater is a solo effort produced and written by me, Bada. For updates on the show, as well as my other content, follow Mind Theater Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. If you want to show monetary support, the Ko-fi link is in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time.
0: Wait, wait. There. Now I'm ready. I'm ready now. night now off with your head